go again. Hello, we're back. We've uh, been away for quite a while now. You've been away for quite a while. I've been away for quite a while. Um, and also we have, despite what people think, we actually have other jobs as well. Yes. So we have been busy doing other things. Um, I know that the quality of these podcasts is so incredibly good that you think, how can these guys possibly spend time doing anything else? Even I don't know. The creativity that comes from these podcasts is unfathomable. I mean, the level of editing that I do as well. <laughs> people are going to call me up to do big Hollywood films soon. I hope. That's where I've been for the last month. Yeah. <laughs> and Quentin Tarantino's coolest, yeah. But we are back. Um, we are going, we're doing a bit of a sports special today. Because um, a lot has happened in the last month or so. Um, with all the sports, especially uh, sport in England. Um, some English success, some not. Um, but yeah, so that we're going to do a bit of a sports special and then uh, Graham and I are going to talk after this podcast about, you know, what we're going to do um, in the future, like the, the, the coming episodes, uh, just to sort of make it a bit better than it was before and see what we can do to change it up a little bit. Yeah, we weren't actually going to do this episode, but Toby kind of got overexcited about the sport and wanted to talk about it, which is great. And also just to show people that we're not dead. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, we're nearly dead. We, I did nearly die. You nearly died. You um, were just state a few minutes ago. Yeah, I cycled home and, uh, well, when this is, it's well, this has been recorded on a day that's 30, what was it, 32 degrees? 32. Yeah, and so it's given me a massive appreciation for what the Tour de France people do. Oh, it's incredible. They're doing 150 kilometres a day up a mountain in this kind of heat and they don't die. Some of them used to die. That is true. Yeah. That's a very bad day. That was bad. That's well, they bad. used to. Isn't it true that they used to have, like, tots of rum or something before they go up a big hill? I think they need something stronger than that. What? Like, absinthe. Absinthe. Well, but that's what they used to do. It used to be the worst that's thing, ridiculous. surely. That's just dehydration. Yeah. Yeah. Back, in, back in the day, I'm sure that used to be a thing. I need to I need to maybe Google that at some point. But oh, I'm yeah, sure. I think, I think, I think that is right, yeah. That's crazy. Um... Beer. Beer. I'm gasping. The whole point, one of the biggest points of this podcast is that we've got to be drinking beer and we've been talking for nearly three minutes and we've not opened the beer. Right. So make it so. Open that beer. Right. We've gone for a, actually, what I've gone for, this is my choice. I've gone for a Wild Child Brewing Company. It's called Distorting Horizons and it's a tropical IPA. And it's quite a fun, it's an okay looking can. Yeah. And... It's got no information on the can though. Oh. So it says a ton of Cascade, Citra and El Dorado hops combined with a decent hint of real fruit juice will make you feel like you've been smacked over the head with a fruit salad bowl and possibly bend your mind. Okay, that's quite a big description. That is a big description. They've, they've psyched me up for this now. <laughs> it's only oh, 5.9%. No. Well, I say only, but it's only 5.9%. So that's good. It's, Oh, I've done it. I've just covered myself. Crikey, they have filled this to the brim. Well, at least we're getting more. Wow. At they least really, we're getting what we paid for. We Yeah, but Crikey, that's overflowing. That's incredible. Right. Uh, this is going to go everywhere. No, I've got this. I've got this. This could be our last podcast that we ever do because Graham's going to pour a bit all over my laptop. Yes, that's true. No, it's worked so far so good anyway. That's a nice sound. It's a sound of quenching thirst. Or when oh, you really need a My wave. goodness, has anyone come up with a beer name yet? Quentin Tarantino? Because that's a really good that name. That is a good name. name. <laughs> I have seen one called Quench. Quench. But not that. 
That's, uh, that's a good name. I, I shouldn't have said that on the podcast, actually, because we People should are going to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. for any brewers listening, don't steal it. Yeah. Or at least give us props for it. Oh. Right. I'm looking forward to this. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back. I know listening to us silently sip our beers is podcast gold, but it doesn't really. I don't. I thought that would need a second sip or so, but it doesn't need. It's a, not that great. Oh, it's not that great. You're right. It's just got a little bit of bitterness at the end. Yeah, because initially with the first sip, I thought <sighs> it's because I just scoffed about yeah. three drumstick lollies before we started filming, and I was kind of you know really sweet in my mouth. But no, it's just a. It's a bit of a nothing beer, isn't it? Oh, that sucks. Damn. Darn it. Have you heard of Wild Child Brewing? Yeah, 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 I have. They do good stuff. Normally, I've had a few that I've been been quite happy with. Mm. That is a shame. I tell you what, though, on days like this, on a boiling hot day, beers, you can get away with most things, can't you? As long as it's cold. I'm just so grateful. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just so grateful to have a cold beer. I remember when um, the. I'm, I'm not a Carlsberg fan. However, every time I've had a Carlsberg in the last few years, I have loved it. Because the only time I ever have a Carlsberg is when there's a Carlsberg tent and it's like 34 degrees at some event somewhere and it is so good when it's at that temperature. You just want something cold and fizzy. Yeah, as in the the beer's cold, the weather was 34 degrees, not being served a 34 degree beer. Yeah, that would be terrible. (laughs) Horrible. But, oh, what a shame. (sighs) Refreshing, but nothing much. So shall we just talk quickly about what we've, very quickly, what we've literally done in the last month? Yes. Um, you go, you go, you go for it first. Oh, if that's you, because if my, you, if you've my done month's anything. not nearly as interesting. Uh, a month ago, I, what have I done in the last month? I've, I've larked about, I've gone to a couple of car shows. I have, I just, I think I've filmed a lot of the time, I went to Neon Raptor last Saturday, which was good. I can't think back that far to us. I know this is in podcast gold. We're a bit rusty on this. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think. Please talk. Tell, tell me about your one because your one is way more exciting. I went to New Orleans. You did. That is why it's so much more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to New Orleans for a uh, brewing conference, which was good. Um, presented, which was goodish, and then had all of the beers and then stayed out in New Orleans for another eight days after. Okay, let me let me pick out some of those. What did you present on? My research. So uh, if people have listened from the beginning, they'll know that I am a PhD student in brewing science. So spoke about my research so far, which I won't go into any too big details, but it's basically yeast physiology and trying to improve it in the brewing process. Let's go for okay, that. Cool. Um, yeah. Nice. And then, how was... Okay, New Orleans. Well, I guess because it's a beer podcast, we should talk about the beer. Yeah. First and foremost. Um, oh, okay. How is Bud Light in America? Okay, so I'm probably going to disappoint people here, but Bud Light is exactly the same. Oh. It still tastes like nothing. If anything, in America, it tastes more like nothing. It's just fizzy water. That's incredible. Where the differences are <clears throat> is cause light. Cause light. Cause light tastes completely different. Is it better in America? It's more malty. 
Like really malty, like nutty and bready. Ah. It's completely different. But beer in general over there, I would describe it as like the stock beer. Like you know like here if you went to a pub, you're probably looking at like the stock beer as like a drinking IPA or something. Yeah. Stock beer in America is better. Oh, okay. But the like if you went to um like a craft beer pub in the UK, I would probably say that's better than it is in America. Sure. But also I probably didn't look very far. We did go to a brewery and that was amazing. That was just as good as some of the best breweries I've been to in the UK. Really? It was really, really cool. They had um, loads of just ridiculously juicy, hazy IPAs, really cool sours. And because it's like, could they get loads of oysters where they are? There was an oyster stout, which was like a slightly salty stout, which worked really well, but it didn't have any of the fishiness. But I do, I should probably mention the worst beer that I've ever had in my life, ever, which was a special beer done by Bud Light, which was, what was it called? Um, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, but it was a mango, clam and oyster beer. And it was probably the worst thing that I've ever drank. And it did just taste like, there was a fruit at the beginning and then it was salty fish. I was quiet then because I don't understand. Mango, clam, and what? Clamato, that's what it was called. Clamato, uh, that Clamato sounds like a STD. I think it was. Crikey. It was it was mango, clams, and oysters. After a night out on the club and you ended up having Clamato. Yeah. <laughs> went home with someone dodgy. But it, it really was fishy. And you, I've turned it, it was the ingredients on the way back and it said contains oysters and clams. Grim. It was disgusting. That's so bad. I don't know why they've made it. And Bud Light, you should be ashamed of Bud yourself. Bud Light, that's so interesting though, because it's... Why would such a big company make something so obscure? PR stunt, must be. Do you think it is? Must be. I don't know, it, I don't know why they would do it. And also, it's disgusting. Like, yeah. it's... Oh, it was the worst thing I've ever had. But aside from the bit, uh, New Orleans was wicked. Went on a swamp tour, saw alligators... It was super hot. Um, we didn't die. Good. That's uh, good. There was a lot of dodgy goings on. Um, and also, uh, we were very lucky with the weather because when we got back, the week after we got back, they were hit by a hurricane. Oh. Was it Hurricane Barry? I think it was. Was it? They're back on the alphabet beginning yeah. again. Crikey. So, America as a whole. Well, I don't know. I've only been to New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans as a whole. Uh, New Orleans was very good. Uh, we completed it, as in we did everything we could. We wanted to go and do. We did everything all the tour guides uh, recommended, and we did everything um, like all of the books and every, every all the locals recommended. So I feel like I wouldn't go back, but not because I didn't enjoy it, just because I completed it now. That's cool. And it wasn't, and we never intended it to be. It wasn't exactly a relaxing holiday. So you know, like relaxing holidays, you're like, oh, I'd love to go back there and just chill again. Mm. Wasn't like that. We wanted to do stuff the whole time. That's cool. So completed it. On to the next one. Very very cool. But would recommend. You'd recommend it. Definitely. But just be sensible and be safe because guns and stuff. Guns and stuff. And drugs and stuff. Drugs and stuff. Bad. Bad. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, watched a few cricket matches. Um, and then I'm, now I'm doing my transition into sport. Hey, this is going to be oh, very good. Um, watched a few cricket matches. And then, obviously, a few weekends ago, spent my whole... the the I think you could probably... You know how... What sport is it? Uh, well, sometimes in golf they call it Super Sunday. I think they're doing some in football matches as well. But that Sunday was the Super Sunday. You had uh, the World Cup final in the cricket... 
the British Grand Prix and the final of Wimbledon all in one day. Yeah. And it was absolutely crazy. It was ridiculous. Every one of those sporting events were crazy. Yeah. Every single, yeah, in fact, it was. It was a weekend of outstanding sport. Every single one of those three events was phenomenal in its own right to watch. Was Which one do you want to pick first? Let's pick the one I'm most disappointed about, even though I shouldn't be, but it's the Wimbledon final. Okay, yep. And the reason I'm disappointed with it is only because I'm an enormous Roger Federer fan mm-hmm. and, and he lost. However, I feel bad in being so upset because Novak Djokovic is one of the greatest players of all time. You know, he's... And also, he's a top-quality bloke, as are all the top four men's tennis players and, to be fair, all the top women's tennis players as well. Yeah. Um, however, it blew my mind. I didn't actually watch it because I think I was out and about gallivanting somewhere when I learned that Roger Federer had multiple match po- championship points. Yeah. Yeah, he had two. And failed to convert. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was was it the longest Wimbledon final ever? Really? Yeah, we went over five hours. Wow. Um it literally couldn't have been any closer. It was it, I we watched it, it was it was very, very good. The last the only thing that I didn't like that much is I started to get impatient by the end of it. You kind of, I kind of got to the point where I was a bit like, I just want someone to win now because it went, <laughs> it really went on. But yeah. that's a great contest, and I know people who are more like bigger tennis fans than I am, would, and they did absolutely love that. But I was kind of just like, okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> Wimbledon as a whole was, well, Wimbledon, it was a bit. The two Wimbledon finals were pretty stark difference, weren't they? Yeah. Because the oh, women's yeah. final was less than an hour long, and it was just the most one. I mean, it was the one-sided affair ever. Simona Halep was just an absolute weapon. Yeah. Like, I, I missed that one as well, but not because I intentionally. It was because I kind of thought, oh, well, I'll come down and watch it yeah. after the first set sort of thing. Oh, no, the whole thing's rubbed up and finished. It was over before it started. Yeah. It was, it was crazy, yeah. It was really incredible. I mean, yeah, you couldn't... I guess, I guess the advantage of that, the disadvantage is you think... Some people have probably spent thousands of pounds on tickets to watch mm. the final, and that's what they've had. They've had an hour-long match. The the other flip side to it is you know who the deserving champion was. Yeah. In that circumstance, Djokovic, Federer. To be fair, they it's more actually more like they just they both deserved it. Yeah, but um, someone had to win. And someone had to win exactly. So, what? Where? Okay. In that in that case, where where do you stand? Because it was so quick. Where do we stand on? Uh, making women's games five setters I think it should be done in my opinion I don't know if this is much talk about this or not but these women are so capable they're so athletic that I I don't believe that well, they, you know they couldn't do mm. it definitely not and I think it's more about value for money for the what the, for the audience because if they have two finals in a row, if of the say of the women's Wimbledon final that both last under an hour, they're going to have Wimbledon as organisers are going to have a big issue because people are going to start thinking to themselves, this isn't worth my money to go and watch, and the women are being paid the same amount of money, you know the winners as as the men's, but therefore in order to 
try and get it as so that both finals go on for as long as possible or evenly long they should also be uh, in my opinion it, it should be lengthened and I think these phenomenal athletes would be able to accommodate that mm. you know you'd have to change your training regime a bit you'd have to work on endurance a bit more but we see it in so many other sports yeah well, physically time. capable of doing it physically absolutely. capable and and even if it yeah it, it takes a whole lot of extra you know it's, it, even if it is different um, even if it is um, you know they, they have to yeah switch their tra- training regime for that that happens in other sports Formula 1 well in 2017 they introduced these new incredibly high um, high downforce cars all the drivers had to start bulking up yeah. <clears throat> and changing and you know there wasn't a big outrage at that I'm not saying there is an outrage at this this prospect of the women's game being lengthened. I don't even know if it is becoming a thing, but I bet it's on far more people's it lips. It must be. I, I've, I've talked about it with so many people. Yeah. And if just between friends, people are talking about it, it must be a bigger conversation. It must be. And like you, like you said, the issue is, is if you have a few more uh, finals like that, people are going to stop buying tickets for the women's final. Then there's no money in women's tennis and they won't be, they literally won't be able to get paid as much. Yeah. And then that's not gonna that's not gonna be able to be a thing. And, and yeah, the thing is, it's women's tennis is incredible to watch. Yeah, it's flipping at the shots when I was watching Williams and Murray play. That was wicked. And I mean, crikey, Williams was just the team leader there. She was just pulling Andy Murray along Definitely. by the looks yeah. of it. Andy Murray, the human backpack, it seemed. I mean, it's how she always looks more comfortable facing a, a, a man serve. A quicker serve. She always looks a lot more comfortable. Well, she was returning her opponent's male opponent's clip in neck. It was yeah. incredible. But it's such a good sport to watch women's tennis. That's the only issue is the longevity of the games. Yeah. And therefore, that's all, that's the only thing that, you know, fortunately, that's the only thing that needs to be, in my opinion, changed. And that's great because that's the only thing that really can be changed. Yeah. Quite easily. It's like I was uh, the other day. <clears throat> so at the moment, um, England women are playing the Ashes against Australia. Obviously, the men are going to play theirs in a couple of weeks' time, I think. Um, but the women's format's completely different. So it's a series of one-day matches first, then one solitary test match, and then a few 2020s. And the way they work it out is each match is worth a certain amount of points, and then it's whoever gets the most points at the end wins. The women's cr- <clears throat> women's cricket team is capable of playing five test matches like the men. What they're doing, they're not playing the Ashes. The Ashes is five tests. Historically, that's what it is. They're playing a completely def- different competition. I don't know why either the, they either don't call it the Ashes or they play the same as the men. I, in my opinion, I would say don't call it the ashes yeah well that's fine in, in my personal opinion because that's how that format sounds way better than yeah, five test matches in test matches in a row it's an interesting format all these different disciplines coming into yeah. one competition it sounds pretty great it's, yeah. exactly but it's an interesting format but it's not the ashes <laughs> yeah it's not the point of the ashes and what would be cool though is so they're always trying to figure out you know how obviously the other thing is the cricket world cup has just finished they're always trying to figure out how to do sort of a longer cricket world cup where they involve test match cricket and i was thinking that format that they're playing would be such a cool way of doing like a year-long 
World Cup or like a it wouldn't be a World Cup it'd be like a World League, a league series yeah, thing great, yeah. and that would be such a cool way of doing it because you'd be able to put it's every, like you said it's every discipline and it's literally by the end of it it's literally okay that team is the best at cricket That'll be, <laughs> full stop it would be great it, that whole format yeah it's it's strange how they've made it different but I guess the diff, the, dis, the in my opinion I guess the the reason is is because to me that sounds more exciting and yeah. and women's sports such as women's cricket again it's it's wicked to watch but because they've got to get more people in, in, in you know to take a chance on watching it I guess having these shorter game types and stuff by having the women's ashes is it's just it's you know and people say you know oh it's five test matches in a row it's not got that that snappiness that That's you need true. to bring to bring in a crowd of people it's not as much of a moneymaker, is it? No. Yeah, no, no, I, I, mean, I, I don't I, get that. I'm, I'm not much of a cricket fan, really. Well, I like cricket, but I'm not on... But I wouldn't watch a test match, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Not, I wouldn't long roll test match. But give me a bit of 2020 or whatever. That's fair enough. I love it. That's probably because I'm just a traditionalist in cricket. Well, I, I think also, I think you make a, a fair point, though. If a competition, such as the Ashes, is... Historically, and it's built upon the format of being a five-test match competition. Then, unless they modernise the entire Ashes, which That's again game, I'm yeah. not entirely against, because you know sometimes you have got to modernise, and then they make the men's competition as well this similar format. But otherwise, that's right. You've got basically two diff- very different competitions, both called the same thing, and it's not really logical. Yeah. You can't compare them. No. And that's the whole point, I think, with especially women, women's cricket is so good right now and it's getting better. I think you should be able to start comparing them. When you say the women have won the Ashes, people should go, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. When you, when you, especially, you know, if you just watch the men's mm. Ashes and stuff and you go, they, they should, you should be able to make those comparisons. But if you have the same competition with two different, completely different formats, you can't make those comparisons. Yeah. And um, yeah. But while we're on the theme of cricket... Also on that Super Sunday weekend was the Cricket World Cup final. Right, you said you wanted the cricket to get on and... Sorry, you said you wanted the tennis to get on and finish because you just wanted to see a winner. Were you not thinking that with the cricket? No. Oh my goodness, it went on forever. (laughs) It it went on for over nine hours It was. And the the end of it was crikey. I can't wait. For a film to be made about that. If, if anyone's not watched it, you will have found out the result because, well, unless you live under a rock, but you will have found out the result. But if you didn't watch it, just find some sort of highlight or something and just watch the last hour. That's that's all you really need to watch, isn't it? It was incredible. It, I didn't even know a super over was a thing. Yeah. No, I, no one did by no, the looks of it. No, and, <clears throat> and it was, and it was just, Crikey, it was the controversy to get into the Super Over. So much went on. I, I, I still can't get over it. I must have watched the highlights. Probably come... It's definitely double figures now. Crikey. In, in, the, in the last over of regular play, so much happened. So I think we needed, we needed 15 off the last over. And then... So I think uh, Stokes hit a four or whatever. And then... There's that run out or the potential run out where they Stokes hits it, they run one, they come back for the second, and the ball hits his bat and goes for four, and that's given as a six, which I 
people, you know, technically people are saying that is one run less, one run more than it should have been, but we'll 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 gloss over that. That is such a freak. Like that's such a freak of nature for that sort of thing to happen. I've only ever seen anything like that happen once, especially in a World Cup final in the last over. Those sorts of things just do not happen. And then when you fi- they finally got it down to the needed, uh, was it, was it three off? No, two off the last ball, and managed to run a one. <sighs> and then everyone's kind of just like, what, what does this mean? And then obviously, like you said, the super over comes in, and the literally the same thing happens again. It's just it was- as close. Oh my goodness me! I can't imagine being the wicketkeeper <coughs> was had a bad, but the chap throwing the ball to the wicketkeeper on that last on the on last last, last ball, ball yeah. of the entire thing. So they were running for their last run. They were halfway along the. They just needed to get in, just, and they would have won. Yeah, and like you said, so Jason Roy threw the ball in to the wicketkeeper. It wasn't even a great throw. The wicketkeeper still had some. Josh Butler still had some work to do. And like you said, you, you can imagine, I, I, could, I was watching it happen, I was like, this is going in slow motion, oh my God, there's something bad's going to happen. But you could just see it, couldn't you? You're throwing the ball in, someone fumbles it. Yeah. He fumbles it or the throw's rubbish and it's nowhere near him. But fair play to both of them, it was incredible. It was, it was, yeah. The whole, that was such a good promotion for cricket. Wasn't yeah, it? I know critic, cr- cricket's already an internationally loved sport. But I bet cricket got some new fans over that. that nine nine afternoon. million people. Nine million. Nine. I think with nine million people watched the watch that final. And oh my goodness, how happy must Channel Four be that they managed to get that deal with Sky? To so show good. It. So good. Amazing for Channel Four. And like I said, it's amazing for people who don't normally watch cricket because I you can imagine I did it when we got was getting really close. I was telling all my friends just watch the cricket, put it on, and no one regretted it. No. Because it was just it was a, such a freak of a game. Channel Four is a great channel at the moment. Yeah, watching the have the Formula One on. Yeah, and uh, and they got this cricket going. Yeah, it was great, and that was just yeah, it's just phenomenal. It's funny though. Um, obviously, Ben Stokes was the sort of hero of that whole match. Yeah, getting eighty six in regular play, literally saving us from the brink of complete ruin. Uh, and then he put himself in for the super over as well, even though he looked absolutely knackered. But he was he was the hero of that. But it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because like, I was sat there at the end feeling sort of quite conflicted about him. Because you're going, oh my God, you're a hero right now. You've literally just, you will be a hero for the rest of your life because of what you've done. Mm. But then a couple of months ago, he was in prison. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was on trial at least. Yeah. So it was, it was quite an odd one, but... It was a bit. It was one of those, yeah. But he, I guess at, at the time, he's just... Yeah, you've got to appreciate sports persons and how talented they are. Absolutely. You've got to appreciate the talent, I guess. And in a way, sometimes you've got to be able to separate these things. On the yeah. sport field, he is now a hero. Yes, indeed. Let's yeah. see what happens in the next few years in terms yeah. of his I'm still outside not, the field. I'm still bit. not going to buy his biography right now. Yeah. And uh, yes, I'm certainly not going to. He's not going to be hoping, you know, I wouldn't consider him a role model. No. But, no. damn. He's good at cricket. He's so good. <laughs> Did you see uh, the news uh, in New Zealand? They have uh, nominated him for New Zealander of the Year because he was actually born in New Zealand. Really? <laughs> and it's, this is like, you know, this is like the equivalent of in this country um, sports personality of the wow. year. It's like, this is a huge thing. And yeah, he's been nominated for it. And he was just, like, he's been, he, he talked about it earlier today on uh, on the news. Um, he was just basically saying, you know, I'm really honoured and everything, but 
um, like everyone else who's won this in the past has done something great for their country. It's like, I won the World Cup for England. <laughs> you yeah. should be giving this to me. I <laughs> <laughs> thought it was quite funny. But it also is kind of like slightly, uh, slightly ir- well, not ironic, but um, the fact that a lot of the England team isn't English, which some, uh, this annoys me actually because a lot of people have got a problem with that. I'm like, well, then I, I said, no, I said, I say they're not English, that's not fair because they are English. They weren't born in England. So they've all come over and done whatever they need to do to get their citizenship. So for me, that's fine. You, there's no there's no problem. But a lot of people are really annoyed about the fact that England are winning the World Cup and none of them are born in England. Well, it's like, get over yourself. Yeah. Half the country's like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes us so great and diverse. And yeah. Things like that. That's yeah, probably that's... what made us to the England team we are. I mean, our, our captain's Irish, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Do you know what's a disaster right now, Toby? I'm so thirsty. We've got our drinks in our glass. I'll get it. Right. Um, new glass, new drinks coming back in three, two, one. Ah, oh, that's so sweet. All right. What is this? This is, I've decided that this is going to be better than the other one. Um, so this is Polly's Bruco, uh, formerly known as Locker Polly. They had to change their name to Polly's Bruco. Excuse me, because a soft drinks company in Sweden, I think, that was called Locker, told them that they couldn't use the name anymore. Oh. Uh, so yeah, now Polly's Bruco. So this is Citra Mosaic India Pale Ale. So are these the folks who do the, or did the Yellow Belly? No. Oh. No, that was Buxton why, why and Omnipolo. Oh, that's right. Why was, oh, never mind. That was Why stopped. Why were they getting sued for something? That was stopped because there was another drink called Yellow Belly. Oh, that's right. It's all very. Uh, it's all ridiculous. Everyone's getting using the same alphabet, and that's the problem. Yeah, we should just sooner or later we're going to use the same words. We'll just go well. to Klingon or something, I reckon. <laughs> that looks like a nice drink. Let's see. We need like beer vision so people can see these. Because oh, and smell vision because it smells great. That's hazy. Well, smell vision is a bit beyond our technology, I feel. Prove it. <laughs> I wonder whether smell vision could be a thing, though, right? But you'd need something to produce the smell on your end. Yeah. Like if it was over the internet, you'd need a, like a box that yeah, had all of the could, smells in it. Yeah, but it wouldn't be a special smell box. You'd surely you can mix certain chemicals. Yeah. And create a whole variety of smells. Or like you'd have to put like something up your nose. That would like, in like um, activate certain smell receptors or something that would make oh, you think you're smelling it, but you're not. That would be really clever. I think I should get a Nobel Prize. That sounds risky, though. No, I no. mean you just said something up your nose. That doesn't sound. Not just something. You don't put anything up there. Otherwise, if that, what you could have is, in a little notice, and it's like before this film begins, grab yourself a banana. Yeah. A wet dog. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone for this, grab. Well, g- grab that beer, I guess. Grab That's that probably beer. the easiest thing to do. Mosaic-y. Ah, it's better. That's a lot better. That's so much better. That's really good. That's fruity, tropically, with a nice bitter aftertaste. I like that. Quite a lot of mosaic hops in that, indeed. Mm. I know it says mosaic, it says citron mosaic, India pale ale, but it is very mosaic-y. Mm. That'll do nicely. Um... But yeah, so last little couple of things on the Cricket World Cup. Well, last main thing. It was just amazing. That's it, really. That's all I've got. It was a good... It was It was good for... Uh, Best sporting event I've ever seen, ever. 100%. Wow. Wow, really? 
Easily. Yeah. There was nothing, there's never been a sports game that you can physically say that's that close. Because <laughs> it was close, then they went to a super, a super over, and then it was close again. And they got to the point, in the last, on the last ball, they still again needed two runs from one ball. It literally got to the point where the cricketing gods said, I don't know who should win, let's just toss a coin. Yeah. Because someone had to win. Yeah, it was it was a pretty excellent. Um, but can we now talk about the other sports events that happened on that Sunday? Oh, fine. Formula One. I knew it was coming. It was going to happen. Right, strap in everyone. Right. We could be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a great race. Is really all that needs to be taken away from it. It wasn't certainly closely fought. I mean, I it was it. it was Mercedes one two and Mercedes deservedly so, but. It was unfortunate for Sebastian Vettel. Well, he, he bottled it again. He bottled it. It was unfortunate for Max Verstappen. It was very unfortunate. It was more unfortunate for Max Verstappen. And Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen had some great races. It really is like yeah. promising for the future. Yeah. Oh, so can I just nip in with something very yeah. quickly before I forget? Daniel Ricciardo. He's getting sued. For $18 million. Yeah, £10 million. Pounds. That's, wow. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, he says it's got no claim behind it. These things have, seem to happen a lot in Formula 1. Like yeah. Ex-managers and things like that seem to suddenly think realise they'll think they're entitled to have a whole load of money for some contract loophole or something. Yeah, It's happened before, so I imagine it'll just get settled away quietly, but probably we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. I thought it's, I was whack them, but no, I was going to forget. Yeah. But yeah. But it, well, the most exciting thing that's happened from this Silverstone Grand Prix, it was, it was a great Grand Prix. But it's it. The rumors are everywhere about everything now. Really? It's pretty, yeah, crikey! So I it, love this. You always bring rumors. To I love to bring the rumors. I love to bring the rumors. Well, I read the rumors. I don't make the rumors come up with the rumors. Uh, maybe. But, but Sebastian Vettel is said to people's um, helmet. Marco was said heard saying that Ferrari's not a good fit for him. Started. Sparking speculation that potentially a return to Red Bull could be on the cards. I mean, he's not wrong that he's not fit for Ferrari. No. The but other the other bit I just don't think is going to happen. What's the other bit? Going to Red but, Bull? Yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. I, I and um, because the two Alfa Romeos came together, there was a whole lot of speculation that Roman Grosjean would be replaced by Bastian Ekon. Ocon. Sorry, I mean the Hasses came together. Yeah, so yeah, you, said, you said Alfa Romeo. Oh, sorry. The Haas came together, yes, of uh, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen. And Gunter Steiner is furious, which he is was, hilarious. Yeah, livid. He probably didn't let them talk. He just shouted at them for ages. <laughs> oh, I, bet, I bet he's terrifying when you get a I, moment like that. <laughs> I bet. And, and therefore, anyway, it's thoughts that maybe Grosjean is out and Ocon is in to Haas. But we haven't heard anything more. That people said it would be happening before the German Grand Prix, and that's only in a few days' time now. So yeah, it's less if, if that did happen, that would play straight into my theory. What's your theory? You remember in many podcasts ago, I I predicted that. Oh, what's her name? Oh, Jamie Chadwick. Chadwick was going to go to Williams in replace of um, Kubica. But Williams keep on saying how much they love Kubica. Mm, just last anymore. week just I've last decided. week Claire, Claire Williams was saying how Robert Kubica is just like so useful and great yeah yeah they may keep him so. as like a consultant and stuff like that 
Kind of in a way as they did Jason, um, Jensen Button, but he never did anything. I think the more likely thing would be if... Well, it wouldn't happen, but if Ocon won to Haas and got a permanent seat and Russell went to Mercedes and then Chadwick come into his Williams seat. I don't... I, don't, I, don't, I think Kubik is a waste of a seat now. They it tried it, didn't work. But it just depends on how good he's going to make the car next year. True. That's why. That's why I think you should stay in the team, stay in the setup. But there's only so much information you can get from doing a, a, a practice session every true four four months or something like that. True. Uh, yeah. Yeah. True. And you know, the car is is getting better this season. Actually, mm. the car is getting faster this season, slowly but surely. So, and not just in terms of it's getting it's catching up with the back of the grid sort of thing so you know potentially he could actually be genuinely showing his work yeah. um, well I think it's been a couple of races in a row now isn't it where Russell hasn't finished second to last yeah he finished as good as 13th or yeah. something didn't he in, in Silverstone like yeah. quite incredible and I mean he's a, he's super talented he's, he should do really well in Formula 1 but uh, we also had to say about Pascal Verlein and he got shimmied out because Mercedes just have too many drivers and not enough places for them. Yeah, and now he's in Formula Mario Kart. He's in Formula Mario Kart, which uh, had its grand finale. I think Joran Eric Verne won it. I unfortunately stopped watching it with a few races left of the season because... Um, I wasn't very good at keeping up with it this year. I I was a bit disappointed early on. I think that's it. I think I, think I get a bit annoyed. I get, I get frustrated with the, with the driving in Formula E. I think when the... The way they just crash into each other is it really irritates me because they use each other to slow each other down. Yeah, they and really they do. That's not how you do it. It seems to be the case, and they need to make the cars, in my opinion, and it's probably a controversial opinion, more fragile. Oh no, I completely agree. So, so you're balls over if you if you crash into them, your car breaks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the issue, the other issue is the fact that because the cars are much slower than regular Formula One aerodynamics don't come into it so much so if you mess up your front wing a little bit in formula one that is like you're going to lose five seconds lap you've got to come Mm -hmm. in and pit in formula e it's basically a negligible difference because the corners are all so slow anyway that it's not going to make much of a many odds yeah they literally lose half half the bits of their car and they still win Mm. just because they use someone else's car to go into the one of the corners that's right it is really um Irritating. I mean, it's bound to improve as more, you know, as it as it gets better, as it gets more in the limelight and better drivers mm. get involved with it, in my opinion. But it's strange because a lot of drivers who I think are really talented are in it, but they've kind of gotten into the culture of smashing into each other as well, sort what of thing. Stoffel, Van Dorn, Massa and Verlein, are in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, are they it's, now doing the same thing? I don't think so, not so much. But kind of, you've also got Sebastian... Buemi and oh, yeah. Jean-Éric Verne and, and a whole load of very talented individuals who are very much, you know, into that formulary culture, in my mm. opinion, of, of of a bit of a, yeah, overzealous driving. You know, on like the Formula, <coughs> the Formula E, like Facebook page, they keep, they always do videos, um, like where they pretend that it is Mario Kart. So they like yeah. do, they do bits where like they throw bananas and stuff and like, 
even they're taking the mick out of it because it's so Mario Kart like. Yeah, I think that's that's an issue. They're getting if they're getting a bit, you know, bit bit of self parody in there. Yeah. I think you know this is supposed to be a serious sport. If you want people to put serious mon- sponsors to put serious money into into this, then you know you need to come show that you are with some elite athletes yeah. and things like that. It's a waste of bits as well. Waste of, waste of bits it's of a car. It's a waste of carbon fiber. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Silly. Yeah, it is. But British Grand Prix was good fun. I, I watched it at the same time as the cricket, where we might just do a split screen on mm. like Sky Q now does a split screen. Oh, cool. Which was really cool. Uh, obviously, you only have one audio at the same time. My dad really wanted both of them. That would have been a disaster. I did try and explain this to him, but he thought it would have been really good. It would have been terrible. It would have been... I mean, it would be if it really synced up nicely. It was kind of you know hit the ball. It was kind of like four or four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but realistically, it wasn't going to be that. It was a good race. It was always going to be Mercedes quite early on. I think, from what yeah. I remember. I, I, Mercedes. I mean, it was the safety car really kind of got in the way a little bit. And so often we're begging for a safety car, mm. but we forget what a safety car can actually do to a race, which is to put people in positions they don't deserve to be in. So you had Lewis Hamilton, to be fair, put him into the lead and he deserved to be in the lead probably, as in, by the, well, he didn't deserve to be in the lead because otherwise he would have been in the lead, but he would, I, I believe he would have gotten into the lead. Yeah. With that being said, therefore we were taken, we were, you know, lost the opportunity to see a really good fight. And Lando Norris because he pitted just before onto mediums, he lost loads of positions due to the safety car. Yeah. And all of these kind of things, it's all of a sudden, you've got drivers, you know, Carlos Sainz on the other hand, started 13th, finished 7th, I think. Mm. Was. And and all these all these things that happen, you know, you kind of think, we love safety cars, we always beg for a safety car. But often, actually, it can mean that yeah, a whole load of people are in positions which they don't deserve to be. Some will lose out, and some will just be lucky because they've driven badly all weekend, but they didn't pit. I think it's because, especially <clears throat> with years like this year, especially the start of this year, we had a really bad time in Formula 1. It was really boring. And as I'm saying this, Graham has just poured his bit all over his <laughs> face. Um, this, oh this, no! This is one of those bits where the podcast is. Oh, we need a, we need some sort of video oh, feed here because no. this would just be embarrassing. Oh, that's so sticky. <laughs> so while he sorts himself out, right? Um, yeah, this is the issue. Like earlier on this season, we had a loss of very very boring races, and that is when people are begging for a safety car just to do something, anything to the race. But then also, like like you said, you've got to think about what the safety car means in in another way. is It means that someone's probably had quite a bad crash. And it's actually quite weird, the fact that we're wanting people to have bad crashes. Yeah. yeah that's, that can't be a good thing. Like that's, that's Bad crashes are not good. They, well, they can really hurt yeah, people. You're quite right. I mean, fortunately, Formula 1 nowadays is the technology is so great that yeah. it's a lot, lot safer. And, like, you know, I don't know whether in the 19... 19- the 1970s or something, you know, I presume to be honest, we've always loved crashes. We always slow down the motorway and get our rubber necks out. When oh, we, yeah. When we see a crash on the other carriageway. You but, always watch compilation videos on YouTube of crashes. Yeah. Or is that just me? No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, 
yeah, but it's, it's a case of, it, it could really mess with it. And I was a bit actually, for the first time, I was kind of gutted that the safety car came out because I thought, oh, you know, a whole lot of interesting stuff was about to happen. Mm. And to that, a lot of interesting <coughs> stuff probably happened, which wouldn't have happened as a result. But, you know, basically what it taught me is safety cars don't mean much. If, it's, if you've got a good circuit, then it'll give a good race. Otherwise, you could have safety cars at mm. any other loads of you know a rubbish, boring circuit. A circuit, a safety car at the Monaco Grand Prix is still going to be sorry. A, a, a safety car at the Monaco Grand Prix isn't going to make for an interesting race. No, because you're still stuck behind each other. You're still stuck behind. But each that, other. that's the point where people aren't wanting the safety car in that race. People are just wanting a crash, just yeah. to give them some excitement. Yeah. And that's where it is a bit odd. It's like, well, I want you to ruin yourself. <laughs> I guess, but at the same time, to be honest, the Monaco Grand Prix is so dull often. Oh, no, I, I see this, but oh, I'm, 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 I'm screaming at the screen, crash. I'm buying a cheeky shunt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, was it a few years ago when Jensen Butter crashed into someone who ended up uh, oh, s- he, sideways he up against a barrier? And yeah. bent his neck all dodgy. Yeah, that was the most exciting thing that's yeah. happened in Monaco for the last five years. It was, in Fernando Alonso's car. <laughs> yes. That was that was basically Jensen Button had a great grand finale. That was yeah. great fun. And he was never allowed back in the car. <laughs> True, he really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's been good, good sport. We had netball. Netball as well. Yeah. Did you I manage to watch much of the netball? No, I didn't get to watch much of the netball. I managed to watch almost all of the England games. I didn't watch any of the. Other. I watched the final as well. Uh, managed to watch, yeah, managed to watch most of the England games. Um, the semi-final they played New Zealand and lost by two, mm. which was unfortunate. Um, From what I heard, New Zealand were the more consistent side, though. It was a weird one because while you're watching it, you the fact that New Zealand only won by two points feels odd. That's that makes it sound like it was a really close mm. game, but New Zealand were never not on top. Oh, okay. So it was it it. it there were the deserved winners and it made a lot of sense but it, it, the, the score line was a lot closer than it kind of felt like sure um, but then the final was absolute cracker of a match New Zealand beat Australia by was it one or two I can't remember but it, again ridiculously close game but that one was actually a close game oh. and that, that was really really good um, I've never really watched international netball on TV but my god it's great it's so exciting. It's so quick, and I just can't believe what they do. Like they, they are so, they're so skillful, and also the shooters are just like some of the shooters. Uh, one of the Jamaican ones and one of the English ones. I, I saw a few games where they would get a hundred percent, hundred percent success. I'm like, I just don't, I don't. That happens in no other sport. Yeah. And some of them are ridiculous. There's a one of the England shooters called I can't remember her first name, but Harton. She is so good at like long range ones, which none of the other teams, it seems like none of them like to do long range shots. They all get as close as they physically can, but she just gets it on the outside of the D and I'm like, okay, let's go for it. And gets it in every time. That's awesome. It's so impressive. And like, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I, I would love to go and watch it properly. I, yeah, it's really kind of, um, it was, uh, it's, it's got me into the sport, which I think is really cool. That's great, yeah. But I think there was, I saw on BBC that the next step for netball at the moment is the fact that they don't have a professional league. So, all, so England, sorry, Australia and New Zealand have always been in the final of the Netball World Cup since they both got professional 
uh, netball leagues in their own countries. So that means the, they're now franchise systems. So there's a lot more money going into it. You get you, the players are getting pl- um, paid to play club sport. Um, say club sport, but you know, like yeah. the, the equivalent of Manchester United. That's that sort of club I'm talking about. Um, so they get paid. Uh, don't need to work anymore. That is your job. Um, and since, like I said, since then they've been been in the final every single year. England still hasn't got that. We our, our um, club system is not a professional one, so you don't get paid. There are no sponsors uh, or anything like that. Wow. But they think that what well, the hope is that they're going to try and get that um, sort of overturned in the next sort of five years. But after watching that World Cup and obviously we won the Commonwealth Games as well, it'd be kind of cool to get it done earlier and sort of next World Cup win it. Yeah, aim aim for that. Yeah, otherwise, to be honest, you're gonna be falling. Could be potentially be falling further and further behind. Yeah, but it, I mean, if 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 that is the case that you know they're not a, they haven't got the professional league system, but Australia and New Zealand have. Considering they're giving both those teams such a good run for their money, is, is surely to all the investors who, are, who normally put money into these things, is screaming just just do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to go and watch them. Oh great. Um, other than that, obviously it's Tour de France. Tour de France and some golf. And the golf, yeah. Um, uh, the golf, I managed to keep up with a little bit. We, we, well, we were busy weekend drinking beer in the Raptor. It was tough. Um, but Shane Larry won, an yes. Irish person winning the, winning the British Open in Ireland. It's cool. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Tiger was bottled it. Yeah. I say bottled it, he kind of broke. He said he's not ready. His back's not ready. Rory bottled it. In the first hole. Much bottle. He got an eight on the first hole. That's incredible. And then there was another guy who got a 13 at some point, wow. which is great. I shouldn't be smiling, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I've been there. I've got a 16 on a hole before. <laughs> In a competition. Wow. Not good. No. Um, but yeah, cycling, Grant Thomas is looking strong-ish, but Ish. it looks like it could be a French winner at the moment. Yeah. But we'll see how it pans out. The issue with the Tour de France is such a long thing. Three weeks yeah. long. Who knows what can happen by the end of it. I do like it how so few French persons win the Tour de France. There's something about... They're in a big drought at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. It's like 20-something years yeah. they haven't had a winner. And, I, and they hate it. I And I love how much they hate it. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> That's what it's I like one of those things you revel in other people's it, hatred. It really <laughs> is, because I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm certain... I love France. You know, France is a wonderful country but there's something about the fact that they want it so <laughs> <Yeah>. much <laughs> just can't have it and you feel like you do I, I always I remember some years ago I think to myself kind of it's almost the tour itself trying to the organiser trying to will this to happen yeah and it still wouldn't bloody happen yeah. for them they still well apparently a lot of the stages this year were built for like, yeah. the style of some of the French riders yeah. and having said at the moment the yellow it's jersey on, is, is, is currently French. It's on it's on for it. And, you know, if it happens, then it'll be fine. But it's kind of like how nowadays I don't even mind that Ferrari are not with, haven't won a world championship in over a decade because it's kind of like they just want it. So they're getting more and more angry about yeah. it. And that's more and more common <laughs> yeah. for it because you feel like Ferrari are only good when they're kind of feel like they're in control because they haven't been in control of anything for over a decade they're just flailing about angrily and I feel like yeah Tour de France is the same yeah I think it is but, we'll, uh, see, we'll see how it ends we'll see this how year. it goes but, uh, but I, I think that I think that's all the sports yeah I mean it's made me feel well and truly fat talking about all those incredibly 
athletic people. I did a cycling and almost died. You did do a cycling and almost died, yes. And now, um, I, and now I need food and I, beer. I drove here and my car was a manual, so my left leg got to work out as well as my right leg. Wow, good. Yeah. That's, how, how are you? I'm struggling, guys. <laughs> I actually, I can't stand right now, but um, it's fine. So right, I'll just bring the beer over to you and I'll pour it in the air and hope the wind direction just takes it straight into your mouth. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds messy. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold my own beer. Waste yeah. it not. But, um, well, cool. thanks for having me, Tobes. No, thank you for coming. And yeah, we're, we're going to now have a bit of a, a talk about how we're going to do the future episodes. And yeah, so next week, crack on with regular regular listening yeah I mean I don't know how many people are listening to these at the moment but is there any way at all if not maybe just cut this out for people to comment on the podcast or anything like that and let us know things they like and things on iTunes yeah Uh, that's the easiest one Uh, a lot of the other places this podcast is on so Spotify and actually on the platform that we put it on in the first place which is Wooshka uh, you can't comment on those and you can't review them either Uh, but uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever you want to call it, uh, that you can review it, you can comment on it. To be honest, it's the best place, to, uh, best place for it because it's so easy. For, yeah, everyone's got iPhones anyway. Yeah. So yeah, on there. Well, if yeah, if people do have a particular opinion, because we are looking to potentially quite drastically change yeah. this whole format and things, and therefore what what people really like and you know. Also, just as importantly, what you don't like about this podcast. And, you know, maybe we can take it on board and come out with something pretty kick-ass in the future. The only thing you can't say you don't like is one of us. Because if we take one of us away, then there is no podcast. I will cry as well. And Yeah, I think I probably would. Yeah. That should be terrible. Don't be mean. <laughs> <laughs> be more constructive with yeah. your feedback. But yeah. Yes. Um, but it's great. Yeah, we're still here. And... We're it's... back. Yeah, we're back and gonna gonna figure something new out. Righto. I'm glad we got to talk about sport though. I feel like we need to. This last month has been mad it's in been, terms of sport. It's been amazing. It's amazing. I feel like the UK has been the hub of the sport as well. Well, yeah, because obviously it was a home cricket World Cup. Wimbledon's always in the UK. Obviously, we had the British Grand Prix. Uh, the Netball World Cup was in Liverpool. It's it's all been here. Yeah. It, this has literally been the focus of world sport at the moment. Which is pretty awesome. That's very, very it's cool. very, very cool. Right. And did we have to build... Okay, I know it's a bit... Oh, we should probably stop. Did we have to build any new stadiums for this this year's... All of this sporting activity this year? I don't think so. I think we're finally at that point as a country where we have enough stadiums. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was mainly the Olympics where we're like... Oh, we, we, we got the Olympics in 2012 when we're like... We have nothing. Oh, we don't even have a track. Yeah, we have nothing to put anywhere. Yeah. I do love that about the Olympics. I love how everyone bids for it and then they get it and it's like, cool, let's cripple our economy now funding this. Brazil, Rio were really ruined, weren't they? They got yeah. to the point where they threatened to give the next world, uh, sorry, the next Olympics back to London because obviously we had it before yeah. and Rio were nowhere near ready for it. So we're like, if you don't put your stadiums up, we're just going to give it back to London. They were like, oh. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I love that. But now, finally... We can just, you know, just bring it on. Bring yeah, on yeah, yeah. We've got the space for it. Just don't do like an American Football World Cup because we've only got one stadium that can fill, fill that. Have we? Yeah, Wembley. How big is the American football? Like 100,000 people sit in each game. Crikey. Trent Bridge, cricket ground, 15,000. 
Wow. Yeah. That's the thing. We've got a lot of grounds, but they're very small. <laughs> That's you could tie a lot of hot air balloons to each other. You're going to have to do something over. like that. Yeah. It'd be great. Like the Zeppelin stands. Yeah. Just hope they don't blow up. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Have a cafe on it. Call it the Hindenburgers. Oh dear. That sounds inappropriate. Too soon? Yeah. Very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> Does it sell burgers? Pardon? Hindenburgers. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. Hindenburg. Well, what do you think it was going to sell? I don't know. You said cafe. I was like, oh, it's just a coffee. Oh, well, like a, like, no, like a, like a little food food market. It sounds wonderful. I can't wait. Yeah, no vegetarian stuff there. No, absolutely. Especially no, no vegans. No tofu. <laughs> <laughs> right. Distraction over. Yeah, cool. Righto. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye.